Hey, hey, everybody. This is Seth. Uh, we're going to do something a little bit different this week with this being the one year anniversary of the murder of George Floyd. Uh, we really wanted to just kind of take a look back and remember and re-engage in the conversation about race in America. And so we figured that the best way for us to do that would be to rebroadcast the show that we did uh, almost a year ago with Gerard and Javon Woods. And so that's what uh, this week's episode is going to be. We uh, we, we kind of split it up between two different episodes because it was so good of a conversation. It just kind of kept going. Uh, what we've done this week is we've just kind of stitched that back together and we're going to uh, play it in its entirety this week. Um, thank you guys for for listening. If you, if you think, oh, I, I've heard this one already, this is a good one to, to listen to again. And, uh, and like I said, just kind of re-engage with this conversation. All right, we will be back next week with silly fun times, but uh, this week was, uh, was something a little bit different. All right, y'all have a great week. What is he doing? <laughs> we got Gerard and Javon <laughs> Woods with us in studio. We're going to get into it this week on Dropping Sunday. Yeah. Hey, hey, welcome to Dropping Sunday. I'm one of your hosts, Seth. And I am your other host, Andrea. And in case this is your first time around here, Dropping Sunday is a semi-reverent look at Christian pop culture. Just a couple of notes. We are not here to get you saved. We're also not here to tick you off. Although if either of those things happen, we we do want to know. Yes, this is a podcast by Christians for Christians, but you don't need to believe to belong. Andrea, how's your heart? You know, my heart's good. Can can I just can I mention? Sure. We are recording in the same room. Yeah. Can I mention that? It's yeah. the first time in three months. Yeah. And we're, we're about six feet away. Yes, we're doing we our, are. We're, we're, we're doing the we thing. We are socially distanced. <laughs> we're fine, but it's just it's just really nice to be in a room with other people. I've been recording in my apartment all by myself. And I just don't like that. Yeah, it's kind of lonely. It's yeah. kind of lonely. So I'm excited just to be able to like see you again. Hey, I know. How hey. Are, how are you? I'm good. good. It's good to see my friends. Yes. And we. I'm excited today because we've got more friends in the room yes. with us. And so, by the way, thank you guys for letting us be able to we like give us an so excuse. so excited. Oh, yeah. We are we're <laughs> excited to be here. I can't wait. <laughs> we got Gerard and Jovan Woods hey, in hey. the house. Hello, everybody. Yes. Hey. So, um, yeah. So here's the deal. We kind of mentioned this last week. We kind of talked about, you know, as uh, as a podcast that's about modern Christian pop culture, we we got to talk about the stuff that's actually going on right now, right? Yeah. The problem is, with all the stuff going on with uh, Black Lives Matter and the racial tensions that are going that, that are just all over the place, uh, really two white people looking at each other through Zoom probably not the best way to like have that conversation. Oh, no. just by right definitely now. not. I mean, no, <laughs> definitely so, not. So we started thinking, okay, you know, um, who are some people that we could get on the show? And we wanted to have you guys on the show back in March. And uh, because, I don't know, I mean, some people may not be familiar with your work. Um, you should be. <laughs> at this point, you should be. If you're be. not, I'm familiar. sorry. <laughs> but uh, you guys, uh, we're still waiting for the Stellar Awards, aren't we? Oh, we my are. goodness. <laughs> Nothing is for sure right now. Yes. Everything is a big question mark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So they did. They just postponed, right? And they're not. Well, yeah, and and actually, the we just received, I think, a letter maybe a few weeks ago that they were going to do it virtually. Mm. Uh, they were going to try to do it in August. Um, that was the first uh, pushback date, but then yeah. they said, okay, we're going to do it in virtually. So we're like, okay, mm-hmm. we still don't know what that looks like, right. and so it's like, okay, 
what yeah, could possibly it, go wrong? Did they set a date? <laughs> did they set a date for that in August? Uh, yeah, August did have a date, but oh. this virtual thingy does not. That's my understanding, anyway. Everything but. is TBD. Everything. Twenty twenty. Twenty twenty is TBD. Yeah, twenty twenty is TBD for, <laughs> for sure. sure. That's hilarious. Well, um, why don't you guys give us a little bit of your testimony? Just like uh, <laughs> what? Just uh, you know, where did y'all grow up? How did y'all meet? When did you guys get into all of it? And just oh yeah, yeah. We are from Louisiana. I'm from Shreveport, Louisiana, and my wife is from New Orleans. We met as children. We were, mm-hmm. I probably was about ten. Mm-hmm. That was nine. And <laughs> Yeah, and we were uh, just we have we both come from music families, and we would sing on end up on the same programs because of our age for one, and it, we just happened to be, and that over time we uh, got to we started dating at twelve and thirteen ish. And oh, y'all are like childhood sweethearts. We are Basically. childhood sweethearts. Oh, <laughs> I love Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And it was a long distance relationship. Mm-hmm. And then we ended up at the same university. <laughs> Why? Well, well, well you I'm know. Shreveport, New Orleans, <laughs> five hour drive, nine hours on a Trailways bus stop. Okay. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you know that makes me hurt. Yeah. <laughs> but then I didn't, it, it was just. That's what travel was. Yeah. It, I didn't yeah. know any better. Sure. <laughs> but um, yeah. Yeah. So here we are now. We are singers. We still are singers. That's we were, We've been doing that since we were babies. And we are worship leaders at Bethesda Church in mm-hmm. Fort Worth. But we lived in Nashville doing music as session singers. And mm-hmm. um, we travel doing tours and stuff with artists. And that's what we do. That's We awesome. still do that. That, that's awesome. So you guys have been doing this for forever then. Oh my goodness. Yes. And the funny thing is we did not intend to do it together. Mm-mm. It just kind of, it, it, you know, people would ask us to sing for, you know, weddings and stuff like that. And we're like, oh yeah, sure. We'll sing for your wedding. Whatever. It never clicked. It never clicked. And um, we were singing background for, I believe it was Natalie, Natalie Grant, Grant at the time. And uh, she would have us on her um what was it? Her intermission, I think. Mm-hmm. She would have us sing. And, it was you know, so random. It was very random. Yeah. Wow. But uh, we used to, you know, get a really good response from that. And then we just started thinking, maybe? What? Could this possibly? Yeah. Maybe you know, we yeah. need to get in these streets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you guys uh, you guys signed with Motown. Yes. And uh, the, on, the, on the gospel. Yes. Is it, is it called Motown, Motown Gospel? Sounds yeah, but cool. it's really Capital. Capital. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, um, how long ago did you guys sign? We signed last year. Like, um, the, hold on, it is 2020. I feel oh, like I need to remind right. you. Right, oh you do because okay. I'm like, what in, day is I it? Think what it may have been 2018? <laughs> it was yeah, actually 2018. See, mm-hmm. see you got to you got to hold my hand. <laughs> <laughs> it yes. was 2018. So we then recorded uh, an EP mm-hmm. called "What a Beautiful Name" mm-hmm. on Motown, mm-hmm. and released it in 2019. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Come uh-oh, on. Uh-oh. Come on. I listen. <laughs> yeah. Just give him a little taste. Yeah. This is the acapella version. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> now, that version is what drew Motown to us. Okay. Yeah. We did. We released that on um, social media. Yeah. And Facebook. it went viral. And so they were like, hey, y'all want to y'all wanna, y'all wanna record some music? <laughs> nah. 
<laughs> well, you you released it on Facebook, and then you had all these people that would come back in and like and cover it, cover it, yes. and then like start adding their pieces. Which mm-hmm. is, I mean, how cool is that to be collaborating is, with so awesome. people so all over the world? And by the way, yeah. two years before anybody else was doing it, because now that's what everybody has to right. do. I mean, oh wow, we're all recording yeah. virtually now, but. That's you guys are true. just trailblazers. You guys are trailblazers. Y'all See? broke the mold. Who knew? It's prophetic. <laughs> yeah. Come on. I like it. I love that. That it wasn't pathetic. I yeah. I, nope, not at all. <laughs> Talk about it. Definitely not. That's good. That's, That's good. awesome. So, um, well, so how long have you guys been at Bethesda? It's been it's been a minute. Seven years. Seven yeah, years. I just made seven wow. in June. The beginning of June. Was beginning seven of June. Years. Okay. And you know what? Unfortunately. I don't. Well, this may be unfortunately or just FYI. Uh, Pastor Dan Smith intentionally had a vision to go to actually reach out to other cultures mm-hmm. because this church is historically a white church, yeah. and he had a vision to um, make this church multicultural. It's like we. This is not what the kingdom of God looks like. This is right. not a true example. Absolutely, and we want to push. Toward that, and so he said, "You know what? Let me let me pull some people of color in here and put them in leadership, hoping to enforce that vision. Exactly, mm-hmm. you know, to push that vision of. And it's been it's been working. Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember that Sunday that he shared that. You know, he he, he had just kind of had some, God drop something into his spirit about be, being multicultural, multi generational. Oh yeah, and it." Like the door started just flinging open. It was crazy. Yeah. It was absolutely it insane. Really was. It, it is not something that any person is going to plan out the way no. that it all happened. Oh my goodness! And and looking at it, and you know, you guys came and joined and um, came on staff, and it was wonderful. And then we started having all these other cultural churches and services. How did they know? Like how? What? <laughs> did someone tell them? It right. was God. God yes. told them. Yes, <laughs> that had really. to be the only way. Really, really. It just was. It was just crazy. And even now, when he when he talks about it, it kind of kind of gives me chills a little bit because it just yeah. was such a God thing and such a God moment. Yes. And you know, just look at the fruits of it now. I yeah. mean, Bethesda it's, is is really uh, reaping the benefits. But it's just it like you said, that's what the kingdom of God looks like. Yeah. The kingdom of God. When you think about heaven. Heaven, we're going to be worshiping God in every language, every right. tongue, every yeah. tribe, every nation. Mm-hmm. Heaven's not going to be all white. That's Heaven's right. not going to be all black. It's not going to be all anything. It's going to be everything. everything <laughs> and it's right. going to be beautiful. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Well, And so you guys have actually been able to um, be around and minister with people like, you know, big names. So, so I know you guys don't typically like to name no, drop. You're very humble people. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> but but like people may not understand that like okay you're you're nominated for stellar awards right like you're you you've got you've you're actual recording artists that are signed to a label you're not mm-hmm. just you know people who like to sing good mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying you're not well, you, thank you, you you don't hope you, you don't just hope to be on the voice one day you know what i'm saying like yeah. i mean you guys are like legit artists and it might help also just to people understand the type of people that call you and say hey i need you guys to come sing with us yeah. so do you mind name dropping oh, a few i don't care go, go it's go. fine well you know the catalyst really for um a singing i guess with all these all of these different artists was it was it darwin we started with yeah or, okay so darwin hobbs was the first he's not 
maybe uh, not as known as some of the others, but he was actually the first one that we started to travel with. But then CeCe Winans was um, the, I guess, first major artist that we traveled with um, singing BGVs. Um, Then there was Donnie McClurkin. Of course, when you start singing with CeCe, everybody's like, well, who are they? Can we, you know? And so we had a lot of people reaching out really based on us starting with her. Right. Um, Michael W. Smith. Yes. uh Amy Grant. Yeah. Stephen Curtis Chapman. Stevie Curtis Chappie. Right. We, <laughs> That's what we call him. We didn't travel Sorry. with him, but we did some recording. We did a few yeah. of his records. Yeah. Jesus. Hey, real quick. we Mar- Settle a bet for us. Okay. Who's better, Michael W. Smith or Stephen Curtis Chapman? <laughs> oh, my Personal opinion. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? That's <laughs> tough to ask a, mu- a singer because we don't see it as uh, like skill like they do totally different different things. Yeah, yeah. they their <laughs> expression is completely different. Oh my! So goodness. it's hard to go one is better than the other because it's like, well, if you take this one away, you lose what they bring. Yeah. So I, I we know. we put them in a cage match together. They had five rounds, and <laughs> and the winner Smitty won by a mullet. It so was it was, <laughs> it was so close, you guys. It was so. Close, but that's wow. what that's one of our yes. one of our episodes is yes. that we do these cage matches and we just match these people up and anyway and that was a good one. The yeah. funny thing about it is we <laughs> did not necessarily grow up listening to them. At least I did not. I didn't either. That was I knew friends. Yes, we went and of course going. Everybody when knew we, friends. <laughs> well, everyone knew. I mean, you had to be dead not to know that. But um, yeah, I think moving to Nashville and working in uh, communities CCM CCM mm-hmm. the CCM world is really huge there and so we were exposed to a lot based on that experience um is there a if if nashville is a hub for ccm is there a hub for gospel not necessarily i mean the closest i could say maybe would be atlanta what do you think yeah but then there's detroit oh yes Mm -hmm. what am i thinking la yeah, and I mean, it depends on if you mean in terms of industry or if you mean, mean exactly. just music, because there's a difference. There's um, a difference. Okay. So, making music and recording music versus a lot of performers, you've got several several of those hubs, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So it's hard to kind of narrow it down, but... Well, last week we did a uh, we did a, a bracket. We put sixteen female CCM artists together, and uh, we just kind of did like a you know like a March Madness type of thing. And, oh, really? And, and just kind of <laughs> started knocking people out. Listen, we, we have fun <laughs> on this show. <laughs> he he intentionally paired up a few people just to break my heart and yeah. make me choose between and <laughs> do it. Yeah. Um, somebody who given him yet? Yeah, somebody who made it pretty far was actually Natalie Grant. She made it. Oh, she yeah, made it. I think she got me. knocked out by Tasha Cobbs Leonard, right? Oh, everybody got knocked out well, by well, Tasha. Well, that's fair. <laughs> she, she did win. It's she won funny. the bracket. Um, <laughs> but yes, Natalie Grant. She's she's one of my favorites. Um, I love to follow say. her on Instagram because mm-hmm. she's just so uh, she's so real. Yeah, you know, right. and yeah, definitely. Well, and one of the things that she did uh, a couple of weeks ago on Blackout Tuesday is that she actually put a Black Lives Matter thing on her Instagram. Mm-hmm. And she came out pretty quick that, uh, hey, a bunch of people stopped following me. Yes. Um, thousands yes. of people. Oh, yeah. Which thousands. Blows my thousands. mind. That says, that speaks volumes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what that says about, um, you know, what's going on with the people that are fans of hers. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like it says a lot. Oh, okay? absolutely. 100%. And so one of the things that I want to be careful with, and, uh, you know, I, I'm excited to have this conversation, but at the same time, I'm also scared. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got you. Why? Well, I'm scared. We're going to beat you up. No, I'm <laughs> You're in a safe place. I know. I know. Maybe. Depends <laughs> on what you ask. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, I'm, I'm scared. I'm, I'm, I don't know if maybe scared is the right word. It might be even just more nervous because I want to make sure that um, I am doing a good service for um, all believers. Right. We have been given a ministry of reconciliation. Correct. And right now, that ain't happening. Correct. And so the only way that I feel like this can happen is if there are some honest conversations, but I also don't want to come across as white splaining. I don't want to <laughs> no. feel like, uh, I also don't want to feel like I'm asking you guys to black splain anything, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I really just want. We would have to at some, at to some degree. Which, which right. is fine, but I also don't want it to be like, okay, educate me. Like, no, yeah. But so, if you yeah. don't know, it w- you just don't know. You just don't know. It's completely fair. Completely yeah. <laughs> so um, I just want to make, make sure that, like, uh, I'm probably going to say something wrong. I might even say something offensive. And that's all right. And I'll be honest with you, even if I do, I might leave it in because <laughs> I may too. And I don't, I don't, I don't intend to. Mm-hmm. That's, but. Yeah, I mean, I, there are some things about white culture that I, I really don't know. And so I think this might be just a good time for us to ask questions of each other and try to present, you know, the other people's point of view to the best of our ability. Absolutely. Is that? Oh, yeah. Is That's that fair? Is yeah. that OK? Yeah. Works for me. OK. Um, Let's do it. Maybe we just start off having the conversation by saying, um where do you want to start the conversation? <laughs> well, you know what? I would just say, just based, um, jumping off of what you said, um, I think this time that we're in is really just a flushing out. And it's um, not pretty. It's, you know, it's just not pretty, you know? And so I think a lot of people are looking for Oh, I say my side and then we accept and you say your side. Then we say it's not like that. It's it's been something that has been so deeply rooted in our culture, so deeply rooted in our everyday life that it's not going to be simple. It's not going to be pretty. But I think the true test of our Christianity is where do we land after it's all said and done? Can we come to a place of um, agreement or at least understanding when the when in the final analysis and so i think that's just where we are and so yeah for sure i think we could start by kicking it off from what was the tipping scale Mm -hmm. so it was george floyd being killed by a cop Mm -hmm. and in plain daylight and for the world to see it so it is now sparking conversation of course outrage protests and all kinds of you know conversations that are becoming combative and you have to go, wait, what, what, what is our goal? What are we trying to do here? But there's all these conversations and all these ideas and the people want to know, Hey, wait, is there anything I could do? White people want to say they, white people are saying, Hey, is there anything I can do? Is, is there something that I'm not aware of? That is actually what black people I think, and I can't speak for all, I think that's one thing, one step toward a positive direction mm-hmm. for 
you to say to black people who have been disadvantaged in this country to say, hey, wait, is there something I'm not aware of? Please tell me. I may not know something. And that's great for me. I mean, and we could start there as far as that's the first step. Otherwise, it's been, um, I don't know what you're talking about. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, can I ask a question? Yes. What's different about George Floyd? Because here's the deal. He's not the first black man to be killed by a police officer. Right. Absolutely. So why now? Why him? Why now? I think because of the the extreme of how he was killed. The the time, the, the eight minutes and 46 seconds-ish, whatever it was, th- that people can see and he's crying out. Yeah. And people feel that because yeah. you, everybody know what it's like to be in pain and distress. Not, maybe not to that extreme or if you do, but you, the human part of everyone is looking at that and they're not seeing color. They're hearing pain. Right. right. And that has no color. Right. So they're like, that he is serious. The something in his voice made you think, "Oh no, he is in in real pain." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the fact that the police officer was so callous to it, yeah. and I do recognize that there may be other factors as to why the police officer was callous because they see so much every day that is certainly not giving him an excuse or a reason um, to justify what happened. But the callousness of him not even responding to the cry. The man was already arrested. He already had handcuffs on. I mean, if you feel like he's going to do something, I mean, hog time, do something else. But just to sit there and hear him cry for his mother was like, I mean, just as Gerard said, it just touched in a a deep place for everybody, I think. I, I read something that said when George Floyd called out for his mom, Every mother's heart yes. felt that. Yes. They oh heard that. Yes. They experienced that in that moment. I think for me, the part of that whole thing is the all of this and then knowing that he was on video and he's, yeah. I'm like, you, it, I just, I'm, I'm sitting there going, how are you not? realizing that yeah. you you are doing something for the whole world to see right. and the whole world is going to see this right. and they have and i was really moved by i can't say for sure but i'm imagining this i was moved by the person who was filming it that the view that is most popular the person moved forward in a, an attempt to aid to assist and immediately the police get back and you you're helpless and you're you're a natural thing was to to try to save that person and they were halted mm-hmm. yeah they were halted and because of his authority he had the authority to do that and he, yeah. this person is dead and that person holding the camera that could have assisted couldn't use that opportunity it, there was just really no reason for it. I mean, that's yeah. the bottom line. There was just no nothing you could say because, you know, you could say before as a black person, you know, this happens all the time. But then you're always um, asked, well, how, when, you know, but now Has that it it's happened to me. In, yeah. Has, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never seen it. But seeing right. it right there, of course, you know. <laughs> well, it's like, wait, hold on. Why <laughs> would you see it? There, there's video of Eric Garner in right? the exact same situation oh, saying, mm-hmm. saying, 
I can't breathe. Mm-hmm. Here, here's the first person that we know of that's mm-hmm. actually, and now that's become a, a, a rallying cry. Right. And this is something that George Floyd actually said, I can't breathe. And it didn't even trigger in the police officer's brain. I could actually kill him like George Floyd yes. mm-hmm. or it did. And he was like, and he, and he was callous about it. Yeah. Right. So, um, can, can I offer one other idea? Absolutely. I think that, um, the COVID pandemic mm-hmm. and everybody being out of work, mm-hmm. sitting at home, mm-hmm. needing something to care about. Okay. Because they're already in a bad situation. I mean, listen, both I, I, I don't know how you guys have fared through it, but both Andre and I had a pay cut and we mm-hmm. still had to work the entire time. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, nice. You know, but that at least gave us something to do. So maybe we're blessed. Um, but people who are just sitting there and who are already hurting, who are already feeling disenfranchised, and then something happens and it just, I feel like there is just a perfect storm of everything and I, I mean, I don't know that if the pandemic hadn't been happening, if this wouldn't have got swept under the rug. Oh, yeah. Because also, the media, sorry, I'm going to go there, but the media, they have to fill up their airtime. They do. And for three months, it was COVID, 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 COVID. Okay, wait, please stop talking about COVID. No, there's nothing else going on because nobody's doing anything great. COVID, COVID, yeah, COVID. Everybody's in the house. Everything's and closed. Now, <laughs> now all of a sudden, here's something else that we can cover. We need to. And then everybody said, no, 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 don't stop covering that. Right. No, no, no. You're going to try to talk about anything else? No, we're not going to let you talk about anything else. We're going to continue on this conversation. And I think that that's uh, part of this great, white awakening that's trying to happen mm-hmm. where, where where we're you know white people are trying they're they're, they're trying mm-hmm. or at least they're saying that they're trying okay now white words and white actions are two different things and mm-hmm. so from your point of view how can you know white people move from words to actions that's so funny i've been asking myself that probably for the last week um and it's really hard to quantify because it's 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 um i guess racism so to speak is embedded in so many different areas of our life and in our culture it really is hard to say okay do this one thing and then you know but i think a place where we can start is listening and understanding versus i don't know what you're talking about it's all a lie and what whatever else especially um Considering the fact that if you're a white person, you've never lived as a black person and therefore you can't speak into what, you know, we may or may not be experiencing. And truth be told, you would never do that with any other culture. But for some reason, when it comes to black people voicing, you know, our pain, then it's, oh, you're just whining about blah, 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 slavery. And you're just whining about that. Just get over it. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps and blah, 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 blah. Without knowing that this is really, really deep, really, really serious. And it's been that way for a long time. And so for me, I would just say, let's start by listening and hearing each other out. And from there, there are, there are several different things that I would love to see. Education, the education system is a huge area for me personally, especially because I love children so much. And I've seen the disparities in terms of, you know, what's happening with our black children in school. And, you know, and I don't I don't even feel like a lot of these things are being done intentionally to them. We are going to be we're going to, you know, 
leave you out of XYZ and exalt our white children. I don't think it's like that, but Mm -hmm. I think it is something that needs to be brought to the forefront um, in terms of reforming there. And that uh, actually will affect a lot of other things, but that's, that's where I would start. I know. Yeah. We have our work cut out. I, I'm still learning of new ideas that um, a, a, a huge group of white people think when it comes to uh, inequality in America, I was just presented with the idea that blacks apparently use racial uh, issues, uh, systemic racism. We claim that as an excuse for us not being successful (laughs) as an excuse for us to be lazy or to play the blame game for our inadequacies or whatever. And I was like, I have never heard that before. That is so new to me that I don't even know what to do with that because, in other words, you don't believe our cry is valid. So if you're whatever you're suggesting now says that there is we're just complaining and there's not life brings problems for everyone. So you're generalizing that we all have problems in life. So you just get over it and move on. There is no systemic racism. Prove it. You know, show me. I'm like, how do you do that? Yeah. I'm I'm black, so I, I don't. You know, I don't know what you're looking for. And I'm like, that's that is a challenge because I don't know what to do with that, and I don't know how we can push for any change if that is an idea. And, and how many people are thinking that? Right. How many white people are thinking that? Or Sorry. thinking it and don't even. Don't even realize it. They've it's all subconscious. It's all so deeply rooted that they don't even they don't even realize that that's shaping their conversations or shaping their thoughts. And you want to go, no, it. <laughs> listen to what you just said. Like that's that's what I've been doing the last few weeks because, you know, I'll be honest. I I understand the anger oh, from yeah. the last few weeks better than I ever did before. Because this is not the first time. And you want to, I understand why people are saying, okay, it's great that you're getting it, but why didn't you get it yeah. two years ago? Why didn't you get it five years? Why didn't you get it 50 years ago? And yeah. see, I'm okay with you not knowing and you're trying. To me, that's a step. I can accept that. Right. Not all people are in that place. There's some black people that are like, I'm tired. I don't want to deal with it. Yeah. You know, get out of my face. Educate I, yourself. Yes. And I, yeah. you yeah. know, you're on your own. and hey, there really is no judgment there, you know, but for me, I see you taking a step. Come on, let's go ahead and mm-hmm. let's let's work with that and keep moving because I see that you're trying. That means something to me as a black person. You know, not everybody's there, but that's fine. But I also want to state that, you know, people don't understand um, survivor mode. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. you know, that is a whole different thing because, it, well, black people do this. They commit crimes. Da, 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 da. Survival mode makes you do a lot of crazy things. And it really has no race because you'll see the same thing if you go to another country, if you go to an Indonesia or wherever. Right here in America. There's, there's right a lot of poverty. You know, regardless of race, it puts you in a mode. It makes you, you know, I see, for example, I'll go back to the education thing. You know, a lot of and I've worked in I'll just say I've worked in education for over 20 something years. I actually have uh, graduated in elementary education, never did teach, Mm -hmm. but I have substitute. I've been a substitute teacher on and off just as a little side 
whatever for 25 years. And so I've seen what happens in the classroom. Mm -hmm. You have your white moms. They read to their kids every night. They do X, Y, Z. They bring them to, you know, they have them involved in all these extracurricular things. And there's a lot of support, support, support. But then you have a black mother who's working. I don't know how many jobs who doesn't have enough, you know, from an economic standpoint that it, they don't have the luxury of those extra little things that um, end up, creating success for their student in the long run. That's a whole nother podcast. Oh, yeah. It's a domino effect. In <laughs> yeah, because directions. it's generational. It is generational. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, one of the things that, for example, builds generational education mm-hmm. is usually the next generation is smarter than the previous generation. Right. And it, it may not be by much, but typically that's what happens. Mm-hmm. And that's why there's been studies that show that Kids that have books in the home are more likely to be literate and be successful in school. So mm-hmm. some some politicians saw that and said, well, let's just give everybody books. No, <laughs> you're missing the point. Right? Yeah. If the parents have books in the home, mm-hmm. they're more likely to be readers. Right. If the parents are likely to be readers, their children, children. are likely to be readers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so educational is generational growth. Also, wealth is a generational growth. That's right. Absolutely. And I, you know what the number one growth of uh, of wealth in America is what home ownership. Come mm-hmm. on now that's come, mm-hmm. listen, uh, let me, can, I'm just going to tell you guys straight up Break when my wife and I got married a year after we got married, we bought a house, yep. little three bedroom house. We, we built it. It was the cheapest way to go because we also knew we can't upkeep this thing. If this thing's broken down, mm-hmm. <laughs> is that fair enough? Okay. <laughs> so we get this house and um, that's going to be our starter house. We're going to be there for five years. Well, in five years, it was 2008. We were in the hole about $40,000. Yep. And so what are we going to do? Stay in this house. We were in that house for 14 years before we moved about a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. We had built $80,000 in equity in 14 years. Mm -hmm. That is not rent that that we didn't pay towards. And yes, we didn't have to make a monthly payment for the mortgage and all those other things. But $80,000, now we were able to put that into a bigger house. Right. And now when my kids are ready, yep, they're going to be able to have a financial opportunity mm-hmm. that honestly other generations nope. didn't right. have. That's a Mine good said. start. So <laughs> that is a good start Correct. for them. Okay, Exactly. The problem is, and by the way, a lot of black people already know this. So mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to white explain for our white people. <laughs> right. And this is what I'm going to tell you. White people, Google this for me. Phil Vischer, by the way, he's the one who who actually did VeggieTales, the the creator of VeggieTales. I might have to Google this. I don't know about this. Well, apparently if Bob the Tomato can figure it out. Let's just pause here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So if Bob the Tomato can figure this out, I think we should all be able to. So look up Phil Vischer, Race in America. It's it's a video that he's done, and he has animated it for us because Phil Vischer. Okay. He does. <laughs> it's, it's what he does. I mean, and he shows, listen, he talks about redlining and how it kept black people from being able to buy houses and, and, and get mortgages. Right. But then it also talks about how the Realtor Association said you, if you – sell a house to a black person in a white neighborhood, you'll you lose your realtor's license. That's, he's mm. talk. he's, I mean, he's going through everything. He talks about education and how, mm. um, a black teacher is equally as likely to, uh, encourage a black student to go into an honors program, but a white teacher isn't correct. Now here's the problem because 
you've said the word intention. Mm-hmm. And I think that the problem with white people is we don't want to admit that there's bias. Correct. Mm. We course. don't we don't want to. I don't hate you. Right. So why I'm not racist. Right. I'm not. I really I right. really try not to be. Right. But what what the where the disconnect happens is that there is an implicit bias that exists in every single person. Correct. Mm-hmm. And people are like, no, 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 I'm not biased. I'm not biased. And there's a spiritual reason why people want to fight that. But yes, there is. (laughs) But we need to talk about implicit biases for just a second. Is that okay? Yes, please. Okay. Implicit biases are pervasive. You don't know they exist. Mm -hmm. They're down in your soul. That's right. Okay. Implicit biases are also not necessarily aligned with our declared beliefs. So I can believe in my heart. And say out of my mouth that I'm not racist. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't change the fact that I may have a bias that's hidden in there somewhere else. I'm going to show you what this looks like, okay? Mm -hmm. If I'm in a a convenience store and I'm there with my daughter, we're we're getting M&Ms, okay? We like M&Ms. That's where we go. That's a convenience store. That's what we do. And I see a person of color walk in the door. And I'm holding my daughter's hand. Do I, even for a moment, squeeze it a little bit tighter? Now, in my heart, that person, I I listen, theologically, I can tell you that person is made in the image of God. They bear the image of the most high king. They are a child of the most high God, just like I am. We, we share the, we share the same DNA. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I mean, we're so stinking close, but did I accidentally and unintentionally squeeze my daughter's hand just a little bit? Now, how this happens generationally is my daughter felt her hand be squeezed. Come on. That's what I'm talking about. Now, she about. doesn't hear daddy ever say that, oh, that, that guy came in here looking like a thug. Yeah, she doesn't right. hear that. But That's what right. she feels in her heart and in her spirit is when I see someone like that, my daddy wants to protect me. That's yes. right. And so she doesn't understand that it's an implicit bias. Mm-hmm. It just gets down in her pervasively. Right. And now all of a sudden she grows up and says, every time I see someone who looks like that, I should probably put myself my doors. on mm-hmm. edge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so there's this implicit bias that exists where you can see, listen, the Bible says, search me father and know oh, my, my heart. heart. Try me, know my mind. And the, the problem when you do that is when God takes a, flashlight into the dark areas of your heart, you don't always like what you find there. Right. So you want to close it back up. So you say, no, 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 exactly. That's exactly right. You say, God, I don't, don't, no, 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 shut that off. That's not what I was talking about. I'm not interested. And so people who say out of their mouth and believe in their heart, because the majority of their heart is I'm not racist. I love all races. I'm good. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden there's a flashlight that shined. You go, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking about. (laughs) And, and ultimately, you guys have all, everybody in here has been in a dark room before. Oh, yeah. Everybody have, ever have a jerk shine a flashlight directly at your face in a dark room? <laughs> oh, yeah. The first thing you do is you close your eyes. And what I think is going on right now is that there is a flashlight being shined into people's dark areas of their hearts that they haven't invited in. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, they close their eyes, they put up defenses and say, this, no, you, what, you're, what you're trying to show me, I'm not willing to see. Right. And so there's there's a real challenge that's going on that I'm seeing from white people that are telling you I'm not racist. <laughs> but then they're also not loving <laughs> because love doesn't insist on its own way. That's what right. First Corinthians 13 tells us. Right. And by the way, 
I've been a Christian 33 years, okay? okay. I have read 1 Corinthians 13 plenty of times. I've been to plenty of weddings. Not until a couple of weeks ago did it ever register in my spirit that love does not insist on its own way. That's right. And what I'm seeing is white people not loving black people because they're insisting on their own way. They're not listening. They're talking just like I am right now. Um, <laughs> no, I, was, I was about to, they, yeah, to jump uh, in. Yeah, I know. I know you are. I have to do that sometimes. Yeah. Um, and, and so they're not loving. So you may not be racist, but you're still a jerk. You're still mm-hmm. unloving. You're still yeah. unkind. Well, and you're not listening to listen. Mm-hmm. You're listening to respond. Right. Yeah. How much of that is happening on social media right now? All oh, the time. Oh, my goodness. It's, every day, every minute, every second. Very disheartening. Yeah, it's like a <laughs> war between. So black people are, are saying inequality, inequality, inequality. There are a lot of people going, there is no inequality. And I hear you, but I have a point to prove that yeah. there is no inequality. You're saying that because this and I no, that's not it. What you're what you're experiencing is not inequality. I'm like, well, what do you call it? <laughs> well, I, because this is my experience. It's just life. It's just unfair. Right. <laughs> that's it's just the- <laughs> life. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I mean, listen, crack cocaine gets mm-hmm. 20 times longer sentence that, than white cocaine. Come on, talk about it. So that is an unequal. Listen, times 20 means not equal. I'm just, I don't know if anybody else is good at math. I'm pretty decent. And there's actually less cocaine in crack cocaine. Yes, that's correct. There's less There's less of the psychoactive substance. And absolutely. Yeah, absolutely there is. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, I, I read this, this uh, quote from Mark Batterson. Are you familiar with him? He's a pastor in Washington, D.C. I don't think so. I'm familiar with him. He, he wrote a book called The Prayer Circle, which I just love. Um, but... This yeah oh he all of it yeah yeah I've, I know yeah. that series okay and so this quote I I read it today and it stopped me in my tracks it says we'd rather be right than do right in fact we'd rather be right than righteous Ooh. quit managing your image and start stewarding his oh, listen amazing. stopped me in my tracks <laughs> amazing stopped rather, me in my tracks rather be Right and righteous. And I mean, really, you know, as you all have said, I think it just boils down to having a spirit of humility. And I think, you know, um, there are a few of my black brothers and sisters that are not doing it the right way either. They're hitting below the belt um, (laughs) with some (laughs) things. And I say that at the risk of, you know, I love my black card. I don't want to lose it, but I got to tell the truth, too, you know, and so. Um, we got to do it right. We, of course. and, and by all means speak out by all means, um, do whatever it is that you need to do to make your voice heard. But remember who you belong to. And I always use this example. Uh, me and Gerard talk about this all the time, but if I'm fighting with Gerard about something, which we rarely fight about anything, to be honest, but we're, <laughs> we're both middle children. <laughs> but, so um, true. if I'm, if ever we're disagreeing about something, even though I may be, horribly angry with him. I am always mindful not to hit below the belt because I care about being in relationship with him. I want it to work out. I want things to, uh, I want us to come to a place of reconciliation at some point, even though in this moment, I don't like you, you know? And so (laughs) I think that's the way that we have to deal with each other. Also, look, say what you got to say, you get on my nose. But at the same time, there's only, there's a level that I won't go because I believe that God wants us unified. And what that looks like is a, you know, 
To me, that is a great example of the idea of reconciliation. But the way we use reconciliation when it comes to white and black issues, I don't understand it. Okay. So maybe you all can help me. So when we speak of reconciliation, to me, I'm thinking of to be reconciled means that we have had to have been together before. I don't see when we were together before. If we have, please let me know. In this country, when we talk about racial reconciliation, we're talking about from one culture to another, right? Yeah. So when we say reconciliation, I'm trying to figure out when were the cultures ever together? When were they ever not divided? And I think that maybe the idea is reconciliation to where it should be, right? Not that it was ever good, okay. but we know that it wasn't good. So how do we get it to a good place? And Got where it. I think that a, a lot of white people have said is, well, it's there. I don't feel it. I got black <laughs> friends. <laughs> what, the, there's a word for that. Is that called tokenism? Mm-hmm. When they, when you say... Um, well, I've I've worked with black people. I go to church with black people. Some of my best friends are black. And black people do it too. You know, oh yeah, some of my best friends are white, but it's more often that you hear it as a oh, I know what I'm talking about because some of my best friends are black. So that that's a whole nother it's so many issues that yeah. we we are overwhelmed by. Yeah. I'm gonna say it so y'all don't have to. <clears throat> Just because you have one black friend doesn't mean you're not a racist. Come right. Come on. I'm, I'm just going to let you know, True. just because, and I apologize for offending all the people that are going to be listening, but I'm going to say it just because you're friends with one of the quote good ones. Oh my God. <laughs> doesn't mean that you're not racist. It means you probably are. Right. And so like I have, I have a friend who I was talking to today that I was literally like, I'm nervous about this. Uh, she, she's a, she's a black woman. And I was like, help me out here. And like, what, what are some of the things you want to bring? The first thing she says is, um, I'm the token for a lot of my white friends yeah, and they don't understand. Right. And, um, I, I'm starting to have to ask the question, why don't you have any other black friends? Right. And also, why do I have to talk differently when I'm around you guys Ooh. than when I'm around my family? All right. Why am I having to adapt who I am and be mm-hmm. a chameleon for who I actually am as a human so that you can accept me? Right. Because if I actually showed you who I really am, right. Is she, this it, if I used the same vernacular that I usually use, what <laughs> would you actually accept me? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I mean, and for me, um, that last statement is interesting because I see myself personally as um, one who knows different languages. Yes. And I know that I, if I go, I listen, I have no shame of my blackness. I am who I am. God was very intentional when he made me black and I don't take it back. However, um, when I'm around, let's say some of my white friends, I know that I can't say, well, I mean, depending on who. <laughs> some of y'all will understand where I'm coming There's from. There's a vernacular. But, yes. uh, well, to that, I think. Because um, that's really another Black topic. people, if I can speak for I'm going to speak for myself as a black man. I find myself having to dilute my cultural vernacular that is indigenous to me. When I come around white people, 
just so that I don't be perceived as ghetto or be perceived as uneducated or something negative, which I find that sometimes you'll do all of that and you'll still be perceived as all of those things. So it, it, it's work. It, it, but at the same time, my white friends, they have no challenges. They can they can freely be who they are, who indigenous to their culture, their social makeup and blend and all that stuff. And they have no they don't have to blend. Yeah. But black people and other um, cultures oh, and really in are general. challenged. Let, let me, yeah. I'm okay. just going to ask go, you, go, 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 I'm going to ask you a direct question. <laughs> if, uh, if both Andre and I were black and we were having this conversation, mm-hmm. would you guys be talking in the same way that you're talking right Absolutely now? Absolutely not. No. Yeah. I, I just wanted to point that out. There's, there's no way. No. <laughs> I mean, I'm on my best behavior right now. Well, and see, for me, it's not a thing of I'm trying to prove something to you or impress you to make you think anything about me. It's just so that you will understand me. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing yeah. a Paul, basically. That's true. You know, I'm becoming, you know, that that really is all it is. It, but it has nothing to do. I mean, for and I mean, for some black people, it, it, it is a thing of, well, I want to, you know, I don't want to be perceived a certain way. And I, I suppose I, there have been moments it. when I, th- I, that has been true for me. Um, but in general, that is not true for me. I'm just like, do you understand what I'm saying? And every now and then my, you know, my New Orleans comes <laughs> out, whatever. But um, yeah. I just try to keep it understandable. That's all. That's yeah, that's it, it's twofold for me, too. So I do want there. I don't want to have to translate if right. I use my vernacular natural vernacular but um but there's also the side where like yeah but i don't you know what i don't want you to think that i have no education that i'm stupid you know and that's the case usually gerard i was thinking when you were talking about changing your vernacular that a white person can change theirs and they can go in between and there are no consequences right and you you experience consequences you experience oh yeah all sorts of things because of that and you know Seth you were talking about as a as a salesperson yeah I have to right I mean that's part of the way that I have to and so there have been times when I've been uh, around a large group of uh, people of color and and Julie will be like the wild card she'll be like <laughs> hey stop talking black yeah. and I'll be like I ain't talking black. What are you talking about? Whatever that is, first of all, because that is, black yeah. is really not, well, you know well, what I mean? Well, and what she's saying is mm-hmm. stop. you're stop yeah. trying to appropriate that culture gotcha. so that you can fit in. And I'm like, well, no, I'm a salesperson. That's what I just naturally do. And I'm sorry. If I get around a large group of Latina people, like I'll be like, mira, listen <laughs> all the time, dude, I'll talk like, listen, I've, I've talked about, <laughs> I've talked about Puerto Rican food with more Hispanic people than you want to know about, because that's just part of my job. And I go in, I'm trying to connect and make, make those things. I have no repercussions for that kind of stuff is what Andre's saying. And yeah. like, yeah, that, that's at not least, always the case. At least they don't impact you uh, right. negatively. No, right. they usually impact me positively yeah. because here's a white boy that's actually understands our culture and I, I close deals. But I mean, I, right. but do you really is what it, but comes, do I really, but do you really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'm putting exactly. on airs. Yeah. <laughs> I typically like my white people, white and my black people, black. Yeah. Meaning I don't want a white person to talk like a black person. And I don't want a black person to talk like a white person. Cause I would, I would be interested in knowing who that person is naturally. Yeah. And see for me, I, and Gerard and I talk about this all the time too. I see 
black people as many things. I don't see them as this or that, or you have to be really one of the, the things that I uh, want for my people is to be able to be and be free to have the same options that any other culture has any, I shouldn't have to be because I'm not, I don't use slang all the time. I don't really listen to that much rap music. Very rarely actually do I listen to rap music, (laughs) but but, I mean, and it doesn't mean that I'm any less black and you know, people think they're relating to you. Well, you know, I don't know who, who, I don't know who that is. No, no hate. Cause you know, when I was in high school, I listened to a little bit of it, but I don't, you know, so anyway, I just want you know, hey, just real quick. I'm just, just do I am I the person who listens to the most hip hop in this room? Probably. Probably. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> I feel good about myself now. All of a sudden. <laughs> well, yeah, it it is it is just about it, you said it earlier. God was intentional when He created you the way He created you. It was not an accident. Right. He knit you together exactly the way you are, and I, for one, love it, and I'm very Aww. thankful. And. You just you just want to be who you are. Exactly. And it, there shouldn't be repercussions mm-hmm. for just being who you are. Right. Right. And here we are in 2020. We, yeah. We can spend so much time on these little minute things. Right. But there are so many more huge things that impacts the lives of people of color, economically, yeah. educationally, um, uh, socially. And we're talking about the small things. Small we can't things. even get to the bigger things that leads to, you know, disadvantages for people of color. Yeah. And uh, it's an overall, an overhaul rather mm-hmm. needs to happen, really, of just our system in general, you know. And so anyway, I didn't yeah. want to cut you off. No, no, you're it's it's the truth. I, I typed this thing out the other day. Because I I get so frustrated. If I'm frustrated, I can only imagine how you're feeling with people that are so upset because they're taking down statues or they're taking down the Confederate flag. And it just, it it makes me so angry that they get so, and they're boycotting Mm -hmm. because they're boycotting NASCAR because they don't want to use the Confederate flag anymore. (laughs) And it, I just don't understand it. I really do not understand why. Because it matters. This is ours. We are entitled to have it. This is our world, our land, and what you think doesn't matter. This is our history. And you're just visiting. (laughs) You know what? (laughs) You know what? That's I think that is that is the implicit. Let me ask y'all this. Um like sometimes I'll post something in um advocating for uh equality on social media. Why do some white people take it personally toward them? It, it go, they would rather be right than do right. I th- I think they feel like it's a personal attack. First, I I don't know why. Now I can I, I feel don't like know I can why, honestly that... say for black people when we take a stand for equality or we say Black Lives Matter or we say um, we need. We need, we want the same treatment as Mm -hmm. we're not saying that we hate white people and this is a, we by, hereby declare war on all white people or on all cops, on all white cops, on, you know, we're not saying that at all. We're saying, hey, no shade, but I see Seth Johnson 
doesn't have to fear for his life when he gets stopped for running a stop sign. Mm -hmm. Well, Gerard Woods does. I don't want to have to fight for my life in that situation. Um, And the response is, you go, wait, you took that personally? Like, and I'll get private emails that say, hey, are you are you speaking of me when you posted that? Like, I wasn't thinking about you. You know what that is? That's narcissism. Mm. That's believing that the world revolves around them. Wow. And they, I, what did I read this week that said, just because th- th- there's still a pandemic, even though you haven't been touched by it. Mm-hmm. Racism is still happening, even if you haven't experienced. What's happening in the wor- in your world is not what's happening in the world. That's right. Right. And it's true. It is so much bigger. That that's what it is. That is a small world view. They don't look outside of their realm and their circle and their circle of influence yes. to see anything else. And then the uh, the other thing is like if you say, "Well, I live in a different America than you," it's you're disrespecting this country. You're disrespecting deflection. Yeah, that simple. Yeah. <laughs> and like, wait a minute. I was born here, so I have a right. To say that about this country because I know this country very well, but my my what I've known about this country may be a different set. I respect your way that you've known this country and experienced this country, whatever that is. But I'm telling you mine. Mm-hmm. So don't try to correct it or edit what I'm saying. Right. And don't try to tell you that you're wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what you hear a lot, I'm sure. A is that lot. you're wrong. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm 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 in my forties. <laughs> I, I think the roadblock for a lot of white people, and correct me if I'm wrong because I don't want to speak for white people. <laughs> Feel but free. Feel I free. think the roadblock <laughs> Hey, is... we've been speaking for black people for about four hundred years, so go ahead. So here we go. <laughs> um I think the word racist is the roadblock. And I think when you hear that word, um, there are a lot of feelings about it, you know, that White people have that. Wait a minute. Am I a bad person? Mm-hmm. Oh, am yeah. I evil? Am I? But I've never heard a black person. I've never intent. And really, it really has nothing to do with that. It's just about your participation, participation, sorry, in a system that whether you know it or not, mm-hmm. it's just about your participation in a system that has been oppressive to black people. And that really is what it boils down to. And yeah, so, even if you suggest a difference. That they will skip all of that and hear racism, which mm-hmm. in ultimately, I guess it does mm-hmm. um, lead to that. But you're not saying, hey, you're racist. I'm saying, you know what? I'm going to cut that word out because you have a problem with that word. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say there's a difference in what I experience and what you experience as um, an American. And that is a fair assessment. And you go, well, I I cut the word out. So you go, well, you should be okay now. No, because I still hear racism in that word, in that suggestion. You know what? Yeah. Go Can't on. Win with for losing. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. So here, here's the deal. If my daughter were to grab the keys to my truck and she were to figure out a way to get her foot on the, uh, on the brake, get it into drive and drive through my neighbor's fence. I'm going to ask you guys a question. Is that my fault that she did that? Absolutely. Of course. It's not my fault. I didn't do it. (laughs) It's not my fault. I didn't do it. She did it. It's not my fault. That is so true. It's not my fault. (laughs) That is a perfect example. However, it is my responsibility to make it right. To to make it right. And it was your responsibility to make sure she did not do that. Yes. 
but it was my responsibility to fix it. Fault and responsibility are not the same thing. So true. They're, they're not. And so people say, I'm not at fault because I'd, I didn't have any slaves. Oh my right. goodness. I'm not at fault. I'm not racist. I haven't done anything against you. That's true. So because I don't have fault, I don't have responsibility. Not realizing that responsibility is relational to the person who was at fault in the first place. And if the person who was at fault did not take responsibility, the responsibility does not go away. It gets passed on. That's right. It gets passed on to the person that you are in closest relationship with. So for me, I'm not in the KKK. I'm going to (laughs) go ahead and just make a statement. Right. But I do have family that were. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Tell the truth. Like I, I, I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Am I proud of that? No, not at all. Is it my fault that he was there? It happened mm-hmm. before I was born. It was happened right. before my dad was born. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. no, it's not my fault. Is it my responsibility to make sure that the people who were affected by that generation, generationally, mm-hmm. four or five generations down the road, mm-hmm. that they've been affected by it? Is it my responsibility then to do something to make sure that right. that that something is corrected? Mm-hmm. Yeah, fault isn't responsibility, but responsibility still exists. That's right. Exactly. So, do white people find that it is hard managing having other cultures in your life closer and managing not offending them? Um, I'll answer this. I I don't think so. For me personally, yeah. I don't feel that it. I don't believe that it is. I don't feel like I've ex- had to experience that. You know, worry about it. Maybe. Maybe sometimes in the back of my mind, I think of something to say or thinking of something to post and maybe I stop myself. But for the most part, I I don't think so for me. I don't think that's the case for everybody. Okay. It's, it's not, I, I worry about offending people all the time. Yeah. Yeah. All, all the time. But again, I'm in sales. If I, if I've damaged a relationship, I've also damaged providing for my family. (laughs) Of course. Right. And so that kind of permeates into my DNA. And then that happens in church and everywhere else like that to where I'll I'll give a prime example. Um, There was one week that you were on stage and you had shaved your head. Okay. I might cut all this out, by the way. (laughs) You had shaved your head and you had cut your head in the back. Okay. And it was a deep cut. Yes. And I just without thinking, I immediately said, you cut your head down to the white meat. That's true. And I was like, oh, did he understand that I was referencing a Bernie Mac bit that when he said, I'm going a, I'm to a crack your head to the white meat. And like, I was like, did he understand? Did I offend you? It bothered me. Oh, really? For a long time. I really did cut it down to the white meat. <laughs> I, but, <laughs> That's how deep it was. But I, I worried about it because I love you. Yes. Do you see what I'm saying? And so I think that that, and I'm not saying that because Andrea said that she. <laughs> Hold on a second. I think it's also partially because I'm very careful about what I say that, in general to anybody. And, so. and I'm always trying to get a laugh. So, <laughs> but that now that you just answered my question, yeah. then because you worried that because you said white meat, if that would offend me, it actually didn't because that's the truth. That had no racial connotation to it but now i'm gonna tell you something there are For some, some there are some people out there would that have been will, offended. you know and so i think we have to as on both sides of the uh, the equation if you will we have to make sure that we are not being touchy 
Because that really, we will not get anywhere in this process if we are touchy about everything. Now, let me go ahead and say my truth and what, what, what I'm feeling, what I'm dealing with. Listen, hear me out. I'll hear you out. But we can't be touchy about everything. Because I think Pastor Dan asked me um, on the panel when we did the whole discussion, you know, how do you feel about being called African-American? Well, I mean, black is fine for me. I don't need to be called African-American. There are going to be some black people that demand that you call them African-American. And then there are some that are going to be like, I don't need all that. Oh, I got to have a hyphenation. You do you do we call you a Caucasian-American? You know, and so yeah. the, the reality is you can't please everybody. Yeah. And in this process, I've determined in my heart that if I see somebody white trying I'm going to accept that. They're going to say something stupid probably at some point. And I don't mean that to be offensive, but they're trying to learn. And I would want that same grace extended to me if the the tables were turned. And so anyway. Yeah, that is so good. Yeah, that's so true. Well, I just, for me, this is what a lot of it boils down to. People are more important than things. People are more important than flags, than statues, than symbols. People are more important right. than whatever it is that you think. People are more important because that's who Jesus died on a cross for. That's right. And if I love you, and I do, then you're more important than whatever symbol that I think I need in my life, than whatever flag I think represents something, whatever statue Mm -hmm. shows some sort of history that I think needs to be remembered. You are more important. Mm -hmm. And that's what, that's how I'm going to live my life. Right. And it's going to, some people don't, don't live that way. That's That's true. So how do you feel when you see uh, a rebel flag? Stay away. Oh, I feel like they are literally saying to me that we care nothing about people of color. White, they're saying white power. Mm-hmm. You are not welcome here. And so, so for you, it's a warning flag. It yes. is a warning. It is let you're explicitly letting me know up front that you are you are nothing to wow. me. That's right. What about the idea of these statues? How do you feel about Confederate statues? They need to That's the calm same thing. down. Mm-hmm. You're they celebrating. Need... Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. Go ahead. No, you're fine. To me, America, when they put those statues up, you are celebrating um you are uplifting the people who fought to keep slavery existing so you're you're lifting them up as a hero they fought you're saying they fought for the right thing so we're going to celebrate them here and my thing is if you're so concerned about the history fine put it in a museum mm-hmm. put it in a book and say this is what happened but it is over and furthermore they lost i mean <laughs> Are we really what, gonna? What are we? Ce- what are they celebrating? Yes, with that? exactly. I don't. I even. I don't. I can't answer that. I can't tell you what the purpose is of having that statue. I love. I love my culture. I love black culture. I love being black. I am unapologetic. Unapologetically black. Black people have a way of literally. You can give us lemons, and we will make good lemonade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I tell you, we will do. Some amazing things with those lemons. Literally and figuratively. But <laughs> yes. We, uh, black people are so creative. We are funny people. So I'm saying that to say, we used to live in Nashville. And right off of 65, there's a uh, place where they have uh, flags flying. And there are Confederate flags. 
And one time we were, we passed that, we passed it daily almost. One day we passed it and the flags were gone. And Jovan said, oh my God, they took those Confederate flags down. And in without a, even a thought, I said, they probably took them down to wash them. Meaning... Yeah. <laughs> to wash them. Yeah. And to to dry right clean them and put them and put them back up. And days later, they were back, back shining, gleaming. We did get a good laugh out of that. We, wow. we laughed about it, but think about that. That is yeah. they are that's a message to black people that's a message of hate. Mm-hmm. Wow. But and we can find is, humor in it. You're more important. If if it is, then why do I why do I care about it so much? Right. Why is that flag more important? If if anyone here is listening and they have a Confederate flag on the back of their truck and they hear you say that mm-hmm. and they still choose to keep it, then I'm wondering why? Right. Why? Why is that more important than my relationship with you? Right. Yeah. Because they're insisting on their own way. Yeah. It is a complete lack of love and it's the opposite of love. It is hate. I mean, it's like the same reason why you wouldn't wear a swastika. I mean, (laughs) you know, it it was a point. It it does represent history. Sure. But because of love, you're not going to do that. You know, but for us, it doesn't seem to work the same way. Right. I'm just going to let you know the Confederacy lasted five years and they lost. (laughs) Right. Okay. I'm just going to start. History lesson. (laughs) Yeah. That long period of five years. (laughs) Right. I'm going to let you know that I, I thought Buffy the Vampire Slayer was the best TV show of all time yeah. for longer than five years. My Buffy phase lasted longer than Confederacy. Yes. Also, you had a Buffy phase? Oh my gosh, it, it, it is one of the best. Oh, Let's just be honest. It's, that now, that's yeah. one of the vampire shows I wasn't crazy about. Oh, well. I Let's, love every other vampire show. Well, uh, here's here's a True Blood. You like True Blood, right? Oh my! Okay, goodness. we can't that we cannot review that on this, on this show. I hate that they stopped uh, making it. This oh, is a man. show about Christian, Christian pop, pop culture. <laughs> Buffy, Y'all can do your own. Uh, right. True Buffy right. was a freshman in high school when I was a freshman in high school. Okay, all right. so when she graduated high school, I graduated high school. When she moved on, like it, it was just. You were connected. Yeah, I mean, we we were the same. It we wasn't dark of, enough for me. Uh, yeah, that's that's completely fine. Also, by the way, <laughs> I I feel like this conversation is worthwhile, right. whether or not the Confederacy was good or not. Right. I think it's probably not worthwhile. It's not a worthwhile conversation. <laughs> How about the fact that besides what they stood for, they lost? Mm-hmm. And so, what pride, Southern heritage, Southern pride, are you taking in? Oh, hey, guess what, guys. We're not good at what we do, and we're on the wrong side of history. Yay us. <laughs> so what are we doing? Because they lost. Really, the statue should be of the winners, right? Yeah. Right. Well, right. Can I tell you what, what I see when I see people tear down statues? I think of when, because uh, I lived in Russia as a as a missionary when I it, back in the the mid nineties. Okay, wow. after the wall fell, all of the statues of Stalin came down. It was the de-Stalinization of Russia, and some of the statues of Lenin stayed up, but most of those are also now down too. Okay, the reason is is that when there is a regime change, the first thing you do is take down the symbol right. of the person who was in charge. Right, and what's happening right now is a spiritual regime change. And I, I'm, I, this has, has nothing to do with politically. I'm saying in the spirit realm, 
people are starting to change. And I'm not saying necessarily it's Holy Ghost or whatever. I'm just saying people are sick and tired of seeing symbols of hate. And so they're going to change the regime. And what people say is, no, 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 no. That means that I won't be in power anymore. That's right. And it's a spiritual thing that when they see their statues come down, they're realizing that their uh, that their form of government, and I don't mean Republican, Democrat, right. I mean what governs their life, it has to change. Right. And it, it will no longer be in charge. And so I'm seeing a regime change happen that it that, is that I'm excited yes, about. Yes. But also, I also see people not far from here in Weatherford standing guard with AK-47s exactly. and, and AR-15 standing next to a Confederate statue, waving Confederate flags. Guys, I'm just saying Weatherford is the is the state hub of the Church of God. Why is the church not going over there and praying the devil out of that? Right. What are we doing? What what action can we take? How can we move from white words to white action? What can what it is it what is it that we can do? Now tell me this, like when you see, and I know that it was taken down by, um, it, it, they were taken down probably illegally, because really those statues, uh, they were pulled down by people of color or white people by who were for, for the protesters. So some of them were, yeah. What would the meetings look like that would go after and say? Do we try to put those back up or what What does that look like? Because even the idea, we need to meet about the statue. So <laughs> what are, we co- are they covered um, by insurance? Like, are they, do we, do we pay money out to have it rebuilt? Mm. Or what do we do with that? I know that after Saddam Hussein was murdered and he was finally taken out, that the people, yep. not the government, That's right. not the U.S., not the military, the people said we will no longer be governed by that anymore. And so the people have a right to overthrow regimes. Mm-hmm. Right? People have a right. Hey, guess what? If you let me tell you, if you're offended by that, I'm talking to you right now. If you're <laughs> offended by that as a white American, then you don't understand that America was founded by overthrowing a regime. That is what we do. It is in the birth plan of our DNA. We overthrow regimes for the betterment of our lives, for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And liberty is not something that we get to run out of. It's free. It's not pie. It's not that if I have freedom, you can't have it. And it's not that if black lives get better, that mine are getting worse. That's not what this means. Right. Black lives matter doesn't mean, oh no, all lives. Listen, if I say save the whales, I don't mean kill the Cats. Come Thank on. You. That's not what I mean. Yeah, what do you have to lose if well, we're yeah. fighting for equality? What do and by the way, the white not, people that are fighting against it. And white people say, oh, well, you have it better. It's not as bad as it used to be. Better is not equal. That's right. Well, what, what do you call better? Yeah. Because, no, we don't have to sit at the back of the bus. But you're saying that we should be grateful that we don't. That's what some are saying. Have yeah. to sit at the back of the bus anymore. <laughs> Yeah. Would you like to trade places with me? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's start there. Let, yeah. Yeah. You as a white person, would you willingly trade places with a black person? Oh, don't listen. You're going to get us canceled right now. <laughs> I mean, all 10 of our listeners are going <laughs> to. Yeah. I'm saying because if it, it, you yeah. all, you all probably are aware of what America has done to black people. Mm-hmm. But 
do you think that you would be willing to trade places with what black people go through? No. And of course you would. Of course wouldn't. not. I'll say it yeah. That's because because I can look at it and I can see that it's not equal. Yeah, I can look at it and see that it's not right. Exactly. So of course I wouldn't want to experience. Who would want that. to do that? And right. I don't want. In, right, you, you to wouldn't want anybody to. Right. Well, just because, and again, better is not the same as equal. Right, but also equal isn't the same as better. You can be. That white. is so true. <laughs> and you can have. You can be. Pr- I'm proud of my heritage. I'm right? proud of There's the no people. Changes. I, I, I listen. I love all that. You being equal to me doesn't mean that you're better than me. Right. It mm-hmm. means you're equal. Right. Just because things are better doesn't mean that it's equal yet. Right. We we've got we've got work to do. Right. Uh, you're gonna have to edit this out because I'm gonna say this, but you're gonna have to edit it. Okay. Out. <laughs> I have a, a really good friend. Her name is. We grew up together. Okay was adopted she didn't know she never met her parents uh until like recently very recently but we known her as i've known her as a child we would always joke with her and say hey i i bet you your your real parents are white at least one of them because was the whitest black person i know like she we always like you're not fully black because (laughs) you act like a white person and but she grew up around black, more black people than white people and whatever. So the other day, she's she's married now with her family, but she lives in a majority white neighborhood. And she said, do you know, whatever I need around here, I go within, you know, close proximity to me. And when I go to get my nails done or anywhere, she said, people ask me, so do you work around here? Mm. Because the suggestion is you don't belong over here because you are black. You can't possibly live here. You can't possibly live here because we America has made sure America has put things in place to keep your kind from around these parts. So she says, what do you mean? Well, you're you're around like you, you. You come over here all the time. Do you work near here? No, she's like, no, I live across the street. And because it's in an, a well-to-do neighborhood, it it they're they're saying, well, that's not the right place for you. Wow. And she's like, no. She was like, well, what does your husband do? Because you must have married a <laughs> oh, it's real a rich yeah, very real. man, a rich white man. A rich white man is mm-hmm. what is implied. That's yeah. what you're suggesting. Yeah. And she's like, no, my husband works. She's not getting into what he does, but she's like, no, my husband works. And so do I. I work. Well, they're fishing for info to how did you make it from south where you're supposed to be to our part of town? Julie gets Mm. the same thing in our neighborhood. Oh, yeah. Because Julie's Hispanic. And so when she goes out for a walk... She does not feel comfortable unless she has a dog. Absolutely. Like on a leash, right? And or one of the kids with her because that indicates okay, I'm actually belong here. When we went out of town when we went to I think we were on one of our Disney trips, I don't know which one it was. Her her sister's family was watching the house for us and her brother-in-law said, "Hey, make sure you tell your neighbors that we're watching the house so they don't call the cops on us." Hmm. And I laughed 
and he didn't. And I, it, it was just something that like, if my, if my family came over, they'd be like, ah, there they go. But we did, we went around and told all of our neighbors, Hey, Julie's brother and sister are going to be watching the house for us. And so if you see them in the pool, don't worry about it. They see them in the house. Don't worry about it. That's that's, they're taking care of stuff for us. And we had to have that conversation. And by the way, we live three minutes from here, right from here, the room that we're in. And so it, it, it exists. Oh yeah. It exists. Definitely there. And, and Julie's had people just straight up tell her on, like tell her that, uh, that the racism that she's experienced as a Hispanic woman is now you're you're making that up. And she, how how are you gonna tell me that I made that up when <laughs> when a white woman tells me to go back to Mexico as I'm as I'm pumping my gas? Easy. How are you gonna like? How I didn't make that up. Yeah, I didn't make that up. So and what authority do you? are you supposed yeah. to be none again they have none meanwhile she's like uh, i'm puerto rican right <laughs> by so the way I was, I, I was i was born over there right yeah. i'm pointing at the hospital that i was born right at. and by the way i've never been to mexico uh, yeah right. uh, yeah uh, also, we went cancun we went to cancun <laughs> once for vacation also puerto ricans are americans hey, thank you that's what i was gonna thank say you. <laughs> After oh all that. americans my goodness they're americans that is american territory absolutely i saw I saw it was a Today Show interview a couple of years ago with uh, Lin Manuel Miranda after Hamilton got so big and oh yeah he was they were performing it in Puerto Rico which is where he's from and the <laughs> I saw this. the lady the the news reporter was like oh and you're talking about um, uh, immigration and blah blah all this stuff and he goes well first of all. <laughs> Puerto Rico is part of America, so I'm not an immigrant. <laughs> yeah. Skip that straight. I was like, you better preach. <laughs> yes. You better preach to yes. her. You better teach her a few things. Oh, my God. Absolutely. I, it was quite possibly the greatest moment of my life. I, I was like, this is so fantastic. Just school her. Tell her. Oh I'm like, good night. What? Where does that come? Where does that, where does that of thought come from? Right. Where does that <laughs> belief People of color are so accustomed to uh, racial bias that mm-hmm. we don't have to discuss what it is because we know what it feels like. We know what it looks like. I can't. Um, I can't assume. I really don't think that white people know to what to great detail when there is racism. So because you don't have to come by it yeah. a lot, or it's not a a big issue for you. Um, I'll tell you my story. In 2005, I was going to, and you just, if I'm talking too much, tell me. Mm -mm. I was, uh, Gerard was a little baby. I think Justin had been, no, you were pregnant with Justin. Okay. We were going, I sing for a living. I was going to TBN in Atlanta from Nashville. It was a four hour drive. So uh, of the singers, I there was the the assistant to Cece. I don't even think I told Cece about this story. Uh, her assistant was under 25. He couldn't rent a car, but I could. And so I went to rent a car, but I was driving my car. But when I rented the car, I listed him as a driver, but he couldn't rent the car. Yeah. Either way, I drove my car and he drove the, the rental car. And we followed each other to the office where we were all meeting together to caravan to Atlanta, which was a four-hour drive, TBN. So when we got to the parking lot of where CeCe's office was, it's, it's, it's in 
Brentwood, Maryland Farms, a very gorgeous, very well, yep. um, very wealthy, right? Everything, yeah. very <laughs> wealthy part of town. Yeah, her office is there, so it's a but lot of the YMCA in Brentwood. Yes, is. Which nicer one? than most gyms. <laughs> oh yeah, all of them. I'm talking about the like, one that used to be Maryland. the barn. <laughs> oh yeah, the uh, Maryland Farms. Yeah. The Maryland Farms. It's one. like a uh, resort. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's just pristine, crazy. Yeah. So, and on that same street yeah. was CC's office, and uh, as well as a lot of other buildings, like mm-hmm. office buildings. Pause. My company's uh, corporate office is in Maryland Farms. Gotcha. I've had dinner at Maribel's several times. It's across the street. The office is across the street from Maribel's. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. Right? So, and it's a big building. So, it's two build, big buildings side by side, but not very close together. Of course, there's a lot of land. I, we parked our cars in two parking spaces next to each other. I took at the car that I was driving, my car. I took out my luggage that I was carrying to TBN and moved it to the rental car that we were traveling in. Mm-hmm. And I sat in the pass the front passenger seat. Uh, he said, "I I got to go up to the office to get some stuff. I'll come right back." So meanwhile, I'm on the phone in the passenger seat, just waiting for him. I'm talking to Leanne, of course. Leanne's been living in Nashville forever, and she still doesn't know how to get anywhere. So I'm giving her direct. <laughs> I'm getting giving her directions to get to the office that she has been to several times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Before we GPS. Have, Before GPS. Like yeah. So as I'm waiting, I'm, of course, I love drama. So I'm just sitting there watching and I'm on the phone and I see a cop in my rear view mirror with his gun drawn. And I said, Lou, it's something going down in uh, Brentwood because the, some cops are like, they have guns out here, like looking for somebody. So I get his eye, I catch his eye, and he's looking at me, and and I'm looking at him, and I'm like, just waiting for it. He says, put your hands in the air. And I'm like, wait, I said, Lou, I think he's talking to me. And he said, I said, put your hands in the air. And I said, you talking to me? He said, yes, put your phone down, put your hands in it. I said, Lou, the cop has a gun drawn on me. So I said, okay, I have my hands up. And meanwhile, there are cops running to the front of the vehicle that I'm in, and they have their guns drawn on me. Get out the car slowly with your hands up. And I was like, I cannot believe this. What could possibly be the the problem? Right. So I'm, I got my hands up and he says, did you get out of that car, the other car, and jump in this car? And I said, yes. What's the problem? He said, you're trying to steal this car. He thought that I was stealing the car that I was sitting in. I said. In the passenger seat. In the passenger seat. <laughs> That's rented in your name. It's both. So really, both of the cars are mine. Yes, they're both. So I said, yeah, I pulled my luggage out of that car to get in this car. He said, you can't do that. Note for the audio, Gerard has backed away from the microphone. Also note for the audio, he's had his hands up this entire time telling the story. I mean, but legit. 
this I'm not ta- I'm not saying he's telling a good story. I'm noticing this that like it's still it, it is fresh. Mm-hmm. It's still fresh. It is it was traumatic 15, 15 because the guns one mistake I know the safety was not on. Mm-hmm. One false move, six warning shots in the chest. Mm-hmm. So meanwhile, right. Meanwhile, I'm looking at the buildings and the crowd, a crowd gathered from this other building that I wasn't in their parking lot. So he said, we got a call that you and somebody else were stealing this car. And I said, that's not the case. I said, both of these cars are mine. I own that car and I'm renting this car and I'm going to work because that's literally what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So he said, do you have any ID? And I you said, should have started with that, but go ahead. <laughs> right. So actually I said, well, can I put my hands down to get it for you? And so I gave him the ID and the rental uh, information. Yeah. Then I pulled out my registration and insurance for the other car. Both my name is on both. And so he's looking at that and he's like looking at me and looking at it. And it's almost like I presented false information. And I said, do you do you have enough? Do you have your information? He said, okay, yes. I say, he said, I'm going to run it. I said, for what? And he said, well, I want to make sure that you, you don't have any warrants. warrants. Mm-hmm. I said, well... First of all, you can't do that because I've given you information to satisfy. I said, furthermore, your coworkers still have guns on me. Can you tell them to put their guns down? He said, okay. And I was like, oh, my goodness. So I said, he said, no, I'm going to run. I said, no, you can't. You can't not run my license because. You have no reason to now. I've given you information. What else do you need? I've I've proven that I am who I say I am, and that I have a right to these cards. Unless the you're, I'm not in the middle of a violation, no, no moving yeah. violation, right? Yeah. But unless you're suggesting that all of that information is fake, and he was like, he couldn't really say anything. But I was treated very roughly mm-hmm. on, under the allegation. He said, well, we've had a lot of theft in the area. So you're saying to me that I fit what theft looks Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. even though I'm telling you these are both my cars. So that, and you can't, I can't, can I prove that that was racist? No. Prove it, Gerard. Prove it. Prove that there's racism in America. But I'm like, okay, you want proof, but you know when somebody doesn't like you. I mean, just outside of the race issue. So that's like... You know, someone saying, well, you know, we all know when someone doesn't like us. And sometimes it's hard to make it give you tangible proof. Um, Sometimes you're married to them. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) right. I mean, really? (laughs) Yes. Wow. And that's just one example Mm -hmm. of what life is like. Um, Let me. Okay, I'm going to ask a question. And I just want to hear kind of your point of view, because this is going to be something that, you know, the, yeah, I just want to hear your point of view. The differences between protests, riots, and looting. I just, I'm just put a quarter in the jukebox and go. (laughs) Okay. So there's a, people want to put each in a box. 
because there are protesters who are only protesting. There are also protesters who are looting. There are also looters who are not protesting. There's also violent people who are who are causing violence that are not protesting and a whole combination of all of that. Who can say who's doing what? Who can say it? So it, usually what I'm hearing now is protesters, looters, violence. They're all the same people. And they're all black people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you know what uh, Chaz is? You guys familiar with Chaz? No. Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone in Seattle? No. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Have you seen I've, this? I've seen a little bit. Oh, wait a minute. They kicked out the police. Yes. They, ha- they spray painted over the police department. They put the people department. Yes. Okay. And they set up all these barriers and you can't come in and, and uh, like you can't drive your car in, but you can walk through and they, there are all these checkpoints and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is very much like they rioted. They kicked out the police yeah. and they own these six city blocks <laughs> in Capitol Hill in Seattle. Wow. So I've been watching some videos I don't see a lot of black people there at all. Interesting. At, it's very interesting. At all. Yeah. Like I was watching a video of, you know, somebody from Fox News that was there trying to do a trying to do a piece on it and they're just, you know, screaming profanities so that it can't air. Right. And they're, you know, following not a single black person. Wow. I'm watching this thing, I'm like, I don't I don't I don't get it. Yeah. But when you look at it, oh well that's about and they, they have spray painted on the ground, Black Lives Matter. Right. Because they're standing up for something. Right. But no, 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 no. Oh, it's uh, all black people. Uh, black Lives Matter. So there's a difference between the phrase Black Lives Matter and the organization Black Lives Matter. Please say that again for the people in the back. <laughs> there is a difference between the phrase Black Lives Matter and the organization Black Lives Matter. Okay. Me, for example... I'm saying Black Lives Matter, the phrase. I have no idea who the uh, the organization, I have no idea about the organization. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that phrase. It has no connection to the organization. I don't even know what that organization is about. So when people say to me, you're supporting Black Lives Matter, I'm like, well, that's kind of true, but... If you're talking about the organization, I don't know about the organization. I'm just literally saying my life should matter. Matter. Yes. Because I'm black. I'm black. My life matters. So I I just have to make that clear. But I think that people will hear it and go, no, no, you're lying. You're you're supporting the, the, the cause. And I don't even know if the cause stands for positive or negative. I'm just saying... I I don't know. I'm so that it tickles me because I'm like, there are those same people support certain um, political parties. Okay. Or other causes or other causes. Let's take politics out of it. And you don't have to believe in 100% of what they do. There might be something about it that you say, I identify with that. Right. right. But it doesn't mean that. I mean, what what clothes are we wearing? What, who you know, we don't know who sold our clothing. Mm-hmm. You know, was it in a sweatshop? Do you support the uh, business that made your shirt? Did Do they you, I mean, worship Satan? Like, you yep. know, <laughs> you know, know, 
So, yeah, it is important to make that distinction. And I understand. But I also want to admonish those that use that um, as an excuse not to support um, Black Lives Matter, not the the group, but just the phrase. Don't use that as an excuse to not recognize our pain, because most of the time it's just a deflection to me. Well, I don't just support the um, organization. And so therefore, and it just sends you right back to your corner. Yeah. You know, um, without, you know. Speaking of other excuses, another excuse is, well, the media is sensationalizing this issue. Mm. Truth. True statement. 100% 100 facts. (laughs) At the same time does not make it any less real. They're doing their job to make whatever uh, stories they're, they're doing their job has nothing to do with people being inspired to, uh, um, to protest this issue just because the media has sensationalized it. So that's the the other excuse. Well, you're doing that because the media has sensationalized it and they're making it, they're blowing it up. Mm. So that's why you're responding the way you do. And then as if, I'm so sorry, I'm going to say this and I'll let you talk. As (laughs) if we don't have the ability to discern the difference. You feel that you have the ability to discern the difference between what is sensationalized and what is truth, but I don't. So you're going to tell me that I'm doing that only because I've been influenced. You don't know. I I know what they're doing. Guess what? They're all media outlets are doing the same thing. All of them. So don't get it. Every spectrum, every Every spectrum and everything in between. Yes. Well, I mean, and this happened, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago with um, with the protests that were in that were going everywhere. There was one in Long Beach and there was a picture of a police officer holding a gun with rubber bullets pointed at a black man and his child. Right. And, um, and people were just like, ah, it's Photoshopped. Right. And I'll be honest with you. I saw that when I first woke up and I looked at it and I was like, man, there's a, there's like a really sharp line right here in this building. I wonder if this is Photoshopped. Mm -hmm. I asked, I wonder if it's Photoshopped. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I did seven minutes worth of research and found the same people in three other photos and right. other angles. I'm like, all right, right this isn't Photoshop. The fact that people got angry, that one, they immediately said it was Photoshopped, right. which means there's no way that could happen. Well, first of all, may, just because you haven't experienced it, does it mean it that, that's, that, that it didn't happen? It so has happened. That's what we've been saying the whole We have it <laughs> on hours video. Yeah. Philando Castile yes. was shot in front of his daughter. Yes. She was in the back seat. You know what Philando Castile was? He was trying to re he was trying to let the police officer know he told them. that he I have I have a weapon. I'm a registered I'm registered carry. concealed carry. Yes. Here here's everything. You know who didn't jump up and support the and, and yell and say, How dare you shoot someone for having a gun? Don't, is it three letters? The NRA? <laughs> no, Absolutely. Don't say it. Don't say they it. didn't. And you know why? You know why? Because it was a tarnish against their brand. Yeah. I mean, there was one time that the NRA has ever even spoken out against assault rifles. And, and that was when the Black Panthers stood on the steps oh, cool. and held them. Exactly. Interesting. And, and, and there's, guys, there, I'm not saying that the NRA is racist. There's I don't no get way to you say that. You can't really prove that they are. I can't prove that they are. But what I'm saying is, is that there is an inequality that exists. Exactly. And if you're going to get passionate about it, be passionate about the subject. Right. But be passionate about it for all people, Mm -hmm. for all people. Because I think the people 
try to focus so much on the what is happening right. that they forget the why exactly. that something's happening. Exactly. The other thing is um, when it comes to George, George Floyd, I know nothing about George Floyd and his life. All I know is that he's a human being and he's an American. He's a person. If he was Satan, if he was the devil, if he was a mass murderer, whatever that was, he still was deserving of due process Mm -hmm. because that's what this country is. We are, you are innocent until proven guilty. Everybody, every American, even non-Americans who are visiting, you have that right. You are. It is not the police's job to. This ain't Judge Dredd. We're not judge, jury, and executioner all in the same person. That's right. Right. Which is what happened. Yeah. So now we hear George Floyd, the criminal, uh, uh, what they call it, the career criminal. Yeah. And I'm like, he may, you know what? Okay, let's, let's say that he was. How does that make that right? Because that's what you're suggesting. That They're, that's. Yeah. Why? They're just trying to justify it. Exactly. But but no, Andrea, he, he had drugs in his system. Doesn't matter. Oh, First of oh, all, oh. okay. Go ahead. Go, no, no, go. No, I'm like, how many of y'all uh, judges mm-hmm. throwing stones and you've never had drugs in your system? Oh my God. You've never been intoxicated. You've never done something you're not proud of. You, you don't have a past. You're perfect, I guess. Hey, I'm just going to tell you. I mean, just, hey, side note. I used to work for a toxicology lab. Listen. Lots of people. Listen. Got drugs in their system. We Listen. all have drugs in our system. <laughs> I've got. <laughs> well, hey, right now I've got. Uh, <laughs> right now, I've, right now I've got a uh, Claritin. I've got. Uh, <laughs> I've got Imodium. Right. I've got a gas pill. Right. Yeah. Hey, Andrea, I had <laughs> yesterday. You're welcome, minute. Andrea's mom. That's right. That you have to right. That out. No. <laughs> but even if you notice, like, did you all hear the first autopsy that came back for George Floyd? Oh, he wasn't healthy enough to be strangled for nine minutes? Is that what the... Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, he died of natural causes. Yeah. Right. Basically. He was he was unhealthy. Yeah. He died as and a result of hypertension mm-hmm. and heart disease mm-hmm. and high blood pressure. All this. And COVID, all of this. He may have had COVID-19. Right, right. Yes. And possible and potentially the drugs that were in his system. Mm-hmm. That was the first thing that was listed. Now, later on as complications from being restrained to breathe. But that's in very, very, very yeah. small print. He wasn't Later healthy enough that. to be strangled. Imagine yes. that. Exactly. Imagine that. Yeah. Well, and also, I'm just going to point this out, just for the again, for the people in back. Um, drug use in America is not a capital offense. We don't <laughs> kill you. people Thank for you. that. For, for doing drugs. Right. Also, um, if someone has served time, and let me say this, if a black man gets released from prison, yeah, something amazing has happened in the first place. First of all, if he gets released from prison in another state, is able to withstand um, parole, right? Withstand all, all all of those things, be able to move to a different state and restart their lives. Something amazing and a miracle That's has right. happened. Exactly. And so, career criminal or not, he wasn't in jail. Right. He had not committed a crime, whether or not he had taken an illicit substance still, if it cool, yeah. that might be a crime, but it's still not a capital offense. Right. Also, he wasn't being questioned for that. He was being questioned because this bill looks a little weird. Right. <laughs> a $20. A $20, $20 bill. bill. $20. By mm-hmm. the way, Dollar and bill. it was real. 
It, really? That's what I've seen. All that. What I've, no, what I've I seen. I haven't no. seen that, but I yeah. could be wrong. Come at me. I'm at Sethford. That's fine. <laughs> On Twitter and Instagram. Oh, the point is, it doesn't goodness. matter. Doesn't matter. If it had been fake, it didn't matter. Doesn't matter. Right. He didn't deserve to die for that. That's right. Right. That's right. And if he was white, he would. He, they would not have put his, his knee on his neck. I mean, it's the, no. It's the truth. Yeah. I, he wouldn't have been in that situation in the first place. He wouldn't have been yanked out of a police car and thrown on the ground. Thank you. I right. mean, he just. They wouldn't have had. They wouldn't have called the police on him for having a fake twenty dollar bill. Right. That's right. You know, we um, in, in our family, we are in this habit of every time we see a first responder ever, as we're driving down the road, we say a prayer and we ask God to have his way, protect the the first responders, protect the firemen, protect the, the, the paramedics, protect the police officers. And when everything happened with, um, with Philando Castile, I think is when it started. Um, it might've even been as far back as Eric Gardner, but I, I remember us there was a change that happened in the car where we started praying for the people that they were going to help. And that doesn't mean that I hate cops. No, absolutely not. That doesn't mean that. Absolutely not. What it means. I, I just, can, can we say that black lives matter and also like not hate police? Right. right. <laughs> that is not a, a, a oh under like that's not even inferred in that statement. Yeah, right. That's not even implied. What what does the the rallying cry right now is defund the police? What does that mean to you guys? I don't understand. I, I don't. Well, I can't understand. Yeah, that. I, I mean, I I don't know a lot about it. However, that which I do know, I'm unsure about. It sounds scary in some ways, but I think the idea is taking some of the funding, not completely saying, "Okay, police officers, we don't need you." I think it's to, the the idea is, to, I guess take those funds and put them into other resources like social work and whatever um, other redirect it, redirect it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Yeah. I can't decipher if that cry is out of anger or if that is somebody trying to create a solution. Yeah. I don't know if that is a real legitimate solution, possibly that somebody has presented and it's taken off. Or if they're saying defund the police, like, like let's get rid of. I, I I can't really speak positively or negatively because mm-hmm. I don't know what would mean to defund the police. I don't know what that means. Well, I I've, I actually have read a little bit about it this week, um, because that's what I've been doing the last few weeks is reading and learning and listening and learning and learning and um, what I've read and and when I say a little, I do mean a little. I, I am not completely well versed on this um but the one that i was specifically reading was talking about actually abolishing the police Mm -hmm. and this one thread that i read said that uh the police in general and we are talking in generalities we're not talking about all police specifically um, it tends to attract violent people or create violent people. And you think about your experience, Gerard, you had six guns pulled on you. There was no reason, but their automatic response was violence mm-hmm. was gun because they thought they were in. Now they thought they were, maybe they thought they were in danger. I don't know. I'm not going to say they wow. did note for the audio eyes rolled. Super, super <laughs> eyes rolled, which note I agree. For the audio. I am five, six. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. And you were sitting in a car on a phone. Yes. Um, so that, is, that was a statement. And it was saying rather than continue. And, and when you think about a, a police officer, they are decked out in weaponry. Right. Now. You look at the history of police, probably every single thing that they have on them is in response to some experience that someone had Mm -hmm. at some point. Right. And that's why they have this. That's why they have the nightstick. That's why they have the gun. That's why they have the vest. That's all of these things. Um, And so what this cry is, whether it's to defund and and take some of the money, because police officer, police departments get a lot of government assistance. Mm -hmm. So whether it is to take some of that money and redirect it into social work, into education, into homelessness, into uh, drug and addiction um, counseling and things like that, uh, jobs, counseling, things like that, um, or whether it's to abolish the police in general, it is it is to to stop reacting to events with violence that don't call for it. Right. Because how often police are called and they come in with violence because they don't know. They should know. They should. They should know. And when someone is calling saying there's someone loitering, police don't have to show up with six guns. They don't have to show up with six guns. It could be it could be an EDP, an emotionally disturbed person that just needs some help. They need a place to stay tonight. They need a hot meal. They need something like that. They need a social worker. They don't need six police officers. The fact that you have six police officers available is actually a great thing. Yeah. Because that means nothing is going on enough for you to be responding to something else. But you can respond to this little old lady who uh, has stopped her car has stopped on the side of the highway. Right. I do um, sympathize with the police in, in one regard in the sense that when you come up into a situation, you don't really know what you're going into. And really the entire time it's a judgment, a moment by moment Mm -hmm. judgment call that you have to make. Oftentimes the judgments um, that are made, unfortunately, are steeped in bias. And you don't even realize because we look at a uh, George Floyd, for example, I'm like, man, that could be my uncle. Oh, mm-hmm. he, he looks like somebody I know. Or, yeah. And absolutely. if you are not around yeah. anybody that looks like that, you don't have that same connection. That's right. You know, and so anyway. Yeah. So maybe bias the... and ignorance. Yes. Sorry. Bias and ignorance. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah. they don't know what they're going into they and don't. they should. Mm-hmm. So then maybe the phrase should, instead of being defund the police, maybe demilitarize the police. Yeah. Because okay. I, I mean, just saying like police probably don't need tanks. Yeah. <laughs> right. Re- retrain the police. I, I read Absolutely. something this week that said police officers need like not even a third of the amount of schooling that a cosmetologist needs. Oh my wow. goodness. Now, is that true in, across the board? I don't know. I don't think so. I think there are some departments that require more. But I know police officers who went through three months of training. Mm-hmm. Online. Three months of training <laughs> online, uh, maybe I online, I'm joking. I, yeah, but still it's not enough. Right. That's not enough. I mean, you go to school like to become, uh, you go to school for more years to become an accountant than you do to become a police officer. Right. 
you know, a lot of pharma, uh, a lot of pharmaceutical companies, whenever they're talking to their salespeople, their outside sales force, they actually put them through multiple months of training before they'll even let them talk to a doctor. Right. And the reason is, is because you're holding people's lives in your hands. And so I don't know. Hello. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Do you be surprised at the amount of white policemen that has never done life around black people? Yeah. yeah. That has never had that have never had uh, black people in their immediate their circle, circle for an uh, an amount of time, a length of time, a certain length of time, and I think that too is a part where you go, wait, if you've not had that, then your perception of other cultures could really be tainted mm-hmm. by what you've heard right. and. Unfortunately, in this country, what you've seen and heard of black people, America does not paint a really positive picture of black people historically, especially in media. Yeah. You know, we're always the the thief in the movie, the murderer, the 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 person, the gangster. Yeah. We don't have a lot of regular positive roles. It's changing now. Definitely changing now. But it. It, it, it's taken a while, mm-hmm. but that that information is already embedded. Well, after nine eleven, all of those negative roles switched to brown people. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. And then brown people rose up and they said, "Hey, we're not villains. We're not all like this. What Thank are you. we doing?" And they stood up and did that. And so what I saw is that all of a sudden, all right, well, back to the blacks then. <laughs> oh yeah. That's okay. Well, more more gangbangers. That's fine. But never, never the white people. Yeah. Another. Part well, I mean, that- hold on. In all fairness, <laughs> you got Dexter. You got American Psycho. You got. But it's always they're usually the 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 crazy serial Iconic, killers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah, you yeah. know what? Way of they're portrayed in a way that you sympathize with them. Yeah. Exactly. That- mm. Come on, you said something, Andrea. Listen, I watched, and I got to go back to another thought about it. Defund the police. But I watched uh, Waco on Netflix the other day, uh-huh. which is a a dramatic retelling of oh, the David Koresh thing. The okay. David Koresh, Branch Davidians. Six episodes. And I'm like, why am I sympathizing with David Koresh right now? Right. Because he was cast by Riggins. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm going, maybe he wasn't crazy. Anyway. Right. It's um, the same thing for the show Lucifer. Yes. I love that show. But like this that. white guy, this white guy is playing the devil, and they made him look positive. Yeah, yeah. people fall in love with him. Yes, and yeah. you're, by the end of the Happens show, you're sympathizing the with the devil. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, there crazy. there are multiple shows. There's another one called You, where the man is literally a stalker, and women talk about falling in love with him, mm-hmm. and everyone's going, "You shouldn't like this guy. He's insane." Right. <laughs> um. Another Absolutely. another part of the defund the police idea is that you want the policing part to to be from the the neighborhood where the policing is happening. Oh yeah, that's yes. right. So rather than having, you know, I don't know, a a bunch of people Train. from who knows where responding from, to from Highland Park going right, down to, to DeSoto. Yeah. Exactly. Responding yeah. to a neighborhood that they've never lived in. They don't yeah. know anybody. They don't. That is, that's what's happening now. And so they're saying each community should not police themselves, but the policing should come from within the community. Yeah. So the relationship is there Absolutely. because the relationship is going to 
be what makes the difference. 100%. If you know, if a police officer knows you, and they're just, that's Gerard. Exactly. Right. He's not doing it. I know him. Exactly. He's not doing anything. Right. Mm-hmm. I talked to Jefferson happened. would probably still be alive. Yeah. Exactly. But instead, a bunch of people were called mm-hmm. that don't know her, mm-hmm. have no relationship with her. Right. And they reacted with violence when On it wasn't a well necessary. Call. Yeah. 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 Okay. It's a lot. It's a lot. It has been a lot. It's, it's been a lot. good. It's been it's I, been good. We usually try to keep these episodes around an hour and I'm not even sad <laughs> that <laughs> if yeah. if you've gotten this far, like yeah, no. I feel like you've earned a Babylon B segment. Yeah, sure. your edit I, okay. I would love to see your editing this. Oh, no, not the beast! Ah! All right, this week in the Babylon B, and in case you're not familiar, Babylon B is a satire uh uh, website that gives uh, articles that are fake. Okay, everybody, calm down. It's not real. Not, not real. But VeggieTales creator, <clears throat> I'm calling back. We're calling back to earlier in the show. Yeah. VeggieTales creators reveal characters were fruits all along. <laughs> um, today the writers of VeggieTales have revealed that the most uh, most of their characters are actually fruits. Bob has lived his life under the label of vegetable, but he's actually been a fruit all along, said the co- said co-creator Phil Vischer. We hope uh, <laughs> this will allow more fruits that some people think are vegetables like peppers, eggplants, olives, and pumpkins to come out publicly as fruits for the first time. According to the show's writers, Larry the Cucumber is also a fruit, as is Madame Blueberry, uh, Jimmy Gourd, Jerry Gourd, the Peach, Blind Lemon Lincoln, the count and countless others. So, a few of the characters are vegetables and have not revealed any hidden identity as fruits. While Bacon Bill bravely came out as a meat product last year, uh, a first in the Christian cartoon <laughs> vegetable community. So, <laughs> I just want to say, like everybody pulled away from the microphone except me. <laughs> So that one's going to be on me, I guess. Oh, no, not the anything to add to that. Oh, okay. Andrea, what's your not for me this week? Okay. So I tried something this week, last week. I decided I wanted to cook at home more because I need working from home for all those weeks. I'm like, oh, look at all the money I'm saving. So I need to not eat out. So I decided to try Home Chef. Oh, you okay. tried that? Yeah, yeah. The food delivery and they deliver. It's not for me. Oh, really? Yeah. So I tried it. I had like a, a coupon, so I got quite a bit of money off and made it super affordable, which is good since I didn't like it. Um, and I just it just isn't for me. I know that's like not that's not even funny. It's no, barely, that's fine. It's barely was it interesting. The, was but, it the taste of the food or? Yeah. So it first of all, I am slightly neurotic about meat. Uh, mm-hmm. Thanks Andrea's mom for doing that. She passed that on to me. It is also generational and we're just kind of weird about it. And so the food comes to you uncooked. And so it's, it's raw meat and it's in a box and it's um, got ice packs and it's all insulated and everything. So I pulled it out and it was delivered at like two o'clock in the afternoon. And I didn't get home until like six. So it had been sitting on my porch for four hours. Now it was still cold, but I'm still going good or is it okay gotten weird and anyway i'm just listen i'm just weird about meat i i don't know what else to say i don't know how else to say it (laughs) that's just what it is and so i i cooked i cooked the meals 
And it was fine. I, they were flavors that I don't particularly care for. I found that they're always trying to be a little bit too artsy fartsy. Yeah, it. Yeah. It, yeah. It's like this pretzel crusted chicken with something. And I'm like, okay. And then what was the other one? Oh, some kind of, some kind of chicken and tomatoes and orzo. And the orzo like congealed into this one big mass of, uh, anyway, it just wasn't good. I'm like, I can, I can go. I was trying to save myself a trip to the grocery store. Yeah. Right. I can go to the grocery store and buy buy my own groceries and make my own stuff and not spend hey, my Hey, guys, money. pro tip right now. Pro tip. Yeah. Chick-fil-A is now doing take-home meals where you say, hey, let me order whatever. We, we got uh, chicken parm. And so they give you a box that has everything you need to make chicken parm. And then they give you a bag of two hot Chick-fil-A breasts ready to go. And so you take that home, you put it all in the oven. It's kind of a mm-hmm. make your own meal, but What'd it had like, say? like, yeah, you know, pasta, it had vegetables, it had a, a whole lemon in there and like Alfredo sauce for, for the pasta. Then it had, I'm saying. It looked really good. Your picture. Solid. Might have to solid. try that. It's it's, Chick-fil-A. It, it Chick-fil-A. might be better than Home Chef. It, it might be, <laughs> but also like lemonade drive through. Come on. Let's let's. Why are we really? At- yeah, I'm hungry. Did they, take, <laughs> did they take care of any of your prayer needs while you were paying for your food? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> We've talked about Chick Fil A a lot. I love Chick Fil A. They'd be like, "Why are you waiting on your food? Is there anything you want God to do for you? <laughs> we can no, pray for you right now. You know what? Uh, it'd be my pleasure to pray for <laughs> you. Now I'm going to tell you why I'm here. I like fried chicken. That's why. That's right. why. That's it. Right. My favorite Chick Fil A story is I was sitting in there. Mom and I went in to get lunch one day, and they offered the guy behind us fresh ground pepper for his salad. Come on, Chick Fil A. She's walking around with a pepper grinder that's like three feet wide, and she's like, "Would you like wow. fresh ground pepper?" I'm like, they don't "Y'all are at a whole it's new level." Chicken. It's fried chicken. It's fried chicken. You should, you, should, you should have to wait for a seat. Yeah. <laughs> the host but you don't because no. they move them out what? real fast. Well, they don't play. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> that's my not for me. Gerard, you got a not for me this week? I can't think of a not for me. Go to Joe. Maybe she'll have one. I'll come back maybe. So I do have a not for me. This okay. is interesting that we're talking about black things today because <laughs> I decided I have been waiting or just mulling over whether or not I wanted to have faux locks, which are dread locks, but they're not real. They're faux, faux which is the faux. faux. Yeah. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, that is. And so I decided, you know what? I'm just going to do it. So this year I did it and I was like, oh, this is cool. This is cute. Look good. But then, yeah. and, and I was really waiting for it to grow out some because that's when it really, really gets cute. You know, yeah. when you first do it, it's like, oh, okay, but I was waiting, but it really hurt my neck, <laughs> the back of my neck. And I didn't realize how heavy they would be. And um, so, yeah, that was my knife. I was like, man, I'm kind of disappointed. I wanted this to be for me, but turns yeah. out it is not for me. There you go. That's the perfect knot for me. That is exactly, <laughs> That's exactly what this is. I have something else I'm going to tell y'all when we quit recording. Ooh. <laughs> about <laughs> that. <laughs> but, Sorry. Wait a minute. Uh. <laughs> I really cannot think of a not for. Oh, I would probably say um, challenges on social media. Okay. When they, yeah. When they tag you and they go, I nominate you to do this. Yeah. To me, some people, they love it. They, they're like, they're for it. And I'm like, 
I see a homework assignment. Yeah. <laughs> we, it's just we, not that's our, that's been a not for me before for okay. Andrea. And <laughs> yeah. it's okay because so, yeah. it's Again, still perfect. not for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't think perfect. that there's, was for me either. There's a push-up challenge going around right now. I'm like, do Ooh, not no. nominate me for the push-up challenge. I did the push-up challenge. Did you? I sure did. I got about 13 days into it and said, I'm tired. <laughs> Not for me. I'm not doing yeah. this. Um, okay, so my not for me this week is going to be anything avocado related at a fast <gasps> food place. Whoa, no, no, oh, oh, no. Back. Calm okay. down. Calm oh, you clarified. You just like everybody. I was I was open about to say. Hold on. No. Anything <laughs> avocado related at a fast food place. Gotcha. Okay. I, I, I might have had some, some bad avocado recently. Okay. And... Um, yeah, at a fast food, like just you can't trust avocado at a fast food place anymore. They put too much filler stuff. If it's like if it's like guacamole, yeah. they're putting filler uh, stuff yeah. in it cream. to make the avocados go Stretch. longer. Yeah. I'm like, mm-mm, that ain't mm-mm. no, no. It was. I'd uh, rather pay the extra to have the all <laughs> yes. avocado. Yes. Yes. yes, I could do a, a Chipotle's. Theirs is yeah, good. Theirs yeah, is good. but anybody, um, the rest of y'all. Yeah, it's no. not many. Question yeah, I, I'm talking about like a Taco like Bell. like a like a drive through no, any place. Don't do it. No, Sonic don't ever. No avocado. Uh, no, no avocado. Yeah. At Sonic. <laughs> Sonic. No. <laughs> Listen, when the best thing on your menu is chili. Yeah. By the way, guess what I'm having for dinner? Apparently, uh, <laughs> gonna go. This thing on Sonic's menu is their ice. Oh, that's Move fair. That, okay, that's done. Okay, that's it. Yeah, we, Andrea, you win. Cut. Cut it off. Um, all right, that's a show. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. The whole show. Okay. We survived. Uh, we survived. It might be two shows. I don't know. <laughs> we could do two parts. We we might be able to. Yeah, you probably could do an AP. <laughs> so. All right, that is a show. Uh, we're going to do a, uh, a church helper from anonymous pastors right now. Here's the deal, guys. Uh, not everybody agrees with you. The reason that we're doing it again is because you didn't hear it last time. <laughs> you ignored our last Not everybody agrees with you. If you see someone that doesn't agree with you, uh, your job is to love other people. That's your job. As the church, that's your job. Please don't try to prove yourself right. If you think their theology is wrong, send them to me and I oh, will wait, fix hold on a second. For you. Oh, no, that's from the pastor. That's not from me. Come on. I don't think send the it, pastor said that. Send them to the pastor. There you go. <clears throat> and yeah. All right. Our thoughts and opinions are not the final word, dear listener. We would love to hear your thoughts about any and all of the topics today. Yeah, don't forget to like, follow, and comment us on all the socials. We are at Dropping Sunday on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We will be sharing uh, Gerard and Jovan this week, so you can follow them as well because they're always putting out good stuff. Absolutely. Where where pe- where could people follow you guys? We are Gerard and Jovan on all social media outlets. That's Gerard with a J, okay, J E R A R D. If you get that, you'll get everything else. <laughs> everything else. <laughs> Absolutely. Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. That's great. That's great. And as a reminder, for every comment that we receive on Apple Podcasts, we will donate $1 to a charity or ministry. Um, this, I think that it's fitting that we find some sort of, uh, I'm actually going to leave it up. Well, Gerard and Javon will tell us where we should donate our money this week sure. for, uh, for, for any comments. So Yeah. And just remember the greatest compliment that you can give us is to tell a friend to listen to this episode and to subscribe for next week. Um, because we will be back again next week. Yes, we will. Until then, this is Seth. 
This is Andrea. This is Jovan. And this is Gerard. And this is Dropping Sunday. 